0: Last Sunday morning, we talked about the word grace, and I used it as an acronym, G-R-A-C-E, and we talked about elements of grace, and tonight I wanna do something very similar. I wanna use the word faith as an acronym and talk about those elements that comprise faith. Obviously, there's a lot more than five, but I wanna talk about some different facets of faith. We know one of the verses that we quote a lot, that we refer to a lot. We know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We understand that from Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. Knowing that very verse helps us to understand that there is no such thing as blind faith. If it's blind, it's not faith. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. The more we hear of God's Word, the more faith we have in Him. But we don't just blindly believe anything and everything. We take God at His Word, and God has shown us in His Word that He is dependable. That's not a blind faith. And there are other elements of faith that we could discuss as well. We know from Hebrews 11 and verse 6 that without faith it is impossible to please. You can't do it. If you don't have faith, you can't please God. Period. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Jesus told us in the Sermon on the Mount to seek and we would find. Faith is what we need we must not only believe in god as some people do but we must believe god and we must believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him and if we do believe that then we're going to diligently seek him that's how faith works and so tonight and again we could talk about many other elements thereof but tonight i want to just talk about faith as an acronym true faith is trust and so we're going to look at faith in those five letters f-a-i-t-h in light of what kind of trust it is faith is first and foremost a trust that is full A trust that is full. The F stands for full. We've talked a lot recently in the Sunday morning adult Bible class about Matthew 18, 1 through 4, and coming to him as little children. And the whole idea there is that we place full trust and faith like an innocent little child. We place full trust or faith or confidence in Jesus. Job showed us this idea of faith being Trust that is full. When you think of all that Job had gone through and all that he had lost, you know, some people when they lose things they give up on God. Job didn't, and in Job 13 and verse 15, Job made the statement, Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. That is a full trust. That is a faith that trusts fully. Full is the kind of faith that Abraham, the great patriarch and father of the faith, full had and was commended for. We see that in Romans chapter 4, as I asked you to turn earlier, beginning in verse 16. We read there, Therefore it is a faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith, Of Abraham who is the father of us all as it is written I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did who contrary to hope in hope believed so that he might become the father of many nations according to what was spoken so shall your descendants be now watch how abraham's faith abraham the father of the faithful look at how his trust or faith was full moving on from there in verse 19 and not being weak in faith he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of sarah's womb he didn't think about those things it wasn't when god said that he was going to bless him with a child those those weren't even things you know abraham didn't say It's not going to happen. I mean, it's a nice thought, but it's not going to happen. That's not what he said. He did not waver, verse 20, at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Now, watch this and being fully, there's our word, full, being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Abraham's faith was full, he was fully convinced. God could do anything God wanted to do. And that's the kind of faith that we must have in God's promises. Secondly, faith is a trust that A, acts. A-C-T-S, acts. Or involves taking action based on what you believe. This is one of the biggest hang-ups in the denominational world. Well, we have faith in Jesus. But we're not going to do what he said. That's not Faith. Real faith acts upon what it is told to do. It takes action, always. We must not only believe God, but we must believe that He is a rewarder of those who seek Him, hence we seek Him, hence we take action. That's real faith. If you had said tonight... Yes, I'm a Christian. Yes, I'm going to be in Sunday evening services. Yes, I believe that that Cleveland's going to start at 5 like they always do. Yes, I believe that with all my heart, but I ain't going. Then you have no faith in us starting at 5. If you say, well, I know they always start at 5 and I have faith they're going to start at 5, but I'm going at 7 that's just not it doesn't make any sense right because faith acts on what it believes if you believe we're going to meet at five then you're going to be here by five right you take action on what you believe that is that is what faith does it acts or takes action based on what it believes we see that throughout hebrews 11 another place we see that is in james 2. very familiar texts texts tonight james chapter 2 if you would turn there please James explains very well that if your faith doesn't cause you to take certain actions based on what you believe, then it's not real faith. It's dead. It's useless, lifeless. James 2, in verse 14, he says, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? What's what's the point of saying, yes, I believe, but I'm not going to act on what I believe? can faith save him or can that faith save him if a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food and one of you says to them depart in peace be warmed and filled but you do not give you do not take action you do not do you do not give them the things which are needed for the body what does that profit thus also faith by itself if it does not have works is dead Say you trust God, but you're not willing to act on those promises, then you don't have faith. Not the way the Bible describes a living faith. But someone will say, verse 18, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works. Which you can't do, by the way. And James says, and I'll show you my faith by my works. That's the only way you can prove your faith. You believe there's one God you do well, even the demons believe and tremble. Do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Do you you want to see, you foolish one, he says, that saying that you have faith, if you're not willing to take action, is ridiculous? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by works faith was made perfect? If Abraham had said... God, you told me that you blessed me with a son and through him I would be blessed and I believe that if I go and follow you and do what you said and take him up there to sacrifice him I believe in your command to go do that I believe you're going to make it all right but then you don't go you don't really have faith That's his whole point here in James chapter 2. So faith acts. He says in verse 26, As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works. That's dead too. To say, I have faith in God, and yet not do what he says, shows, shows that I do not have the faith in God as God defines it. That's true whether we're talking about repentance and baptism for the forgiveness of sins. If God says, this is what you've got to do to be forgiven, say, well, I trust God, I have faith in God, but you don't do it, you don't have faith in God, the way God defines it. The same thing comes to evangelism for the expansion of his kingdom. Same thing comes to assembling for worship with the church of God's choice or singing with grace in our hearts to the Lord or anything else. If we take him at his word, we need to act on it. Faith is thirdly, a trust that is I invincible. A trust that is invincible, or put another way, can overcome any earthly obstacle. As we think of faith being invincible... You might think of that shield of faith from Ephesians chapter 6. And in verse 16, it says there, above all, above all those other elements of armor that he talks about, he says, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. All the fiery darts. He said, your shield of faith can do that. Your shield of faith is invincible. Now, When I was researching for the Choteau Hills marriage seminar back in November, their theme was the full armor of God. And while doing some research, I ran across uh, some articles and some work by a gentleman named David Penley. And I just want to share a couple of paragraphs with you. He says, speaking of that shield of faith that Paul mentions in Ephesians 6, he says... The type of shield Paul mentions in Ephesians was carried by foot soldiers. It was large and oblong, covering the soldier's entire body from the top of his head to his feet. Behind it, a soldier's front was completely protected. The shield was necessary to protect a soldier from what Paul referred to as flaming arrows or fiery darts, depending on your version the enemy would shoot great waves of arrows at the soldiers that had been dipped in a flammable substance and set on fire you know if you've ever seen some of these movies you know sometimes when they were lining up and they were getting ready and they were they were fighting in medieval times these great waves of arrows all the archers would shoot at once hoping to hit something over there and this is what he's talking about is these waves of arrows would come that had been dipped in a flammable substance and set on fire the Roman shields, Mr. Penley continues, were not only so large that they would cover the body and protect them from being pierced by the arrows, but they also were so thick the arrows would sink into them and the flames would be extinguished. These shields were made of layers of wood sealed together, covered with leather, and held together by iron. Those things must have weighed One Roman soldier, after a battle, wrote of discovering 220 extinguished arrows sticking in his shield, yet he was unharmed. Paul tells us that faith protects us like this large shield that keeps us from being pierced and burned, no matter how fierce Satan's attacks may be. Romans chapter 8 comes to mind. Please turn there. The I, it's a trust that makes us invincible, as it were. Invincible, not that we can't die, because we certainly can physically, but if our faith grows and is all it should be, it does not diminish our hope no matter what, we're, what Satan fires at us. Romans 8, beginning in verse 31, What shall we say then to these things if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies. Who's the one who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen who is even at the right hand of God who makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And he starts talking about what we could classify as some of those fiery darts. Shall tribulation... Anybody here never had any tribulation in their life? It comes. Sometimes it comes in waves. Sometimes it comes in fiery waves. Shall tribulation or distress... Some of us may be distressed tonight. Or persecution or famine. Probably not many of us on the famine side or nakedness or peril or sword as it is written for your sake we are killed all day long we are counted as sheep for slaughter yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us the thing is is if we truly take god and his word and take every word of god as something that we can trust and we continue to to layer up that shield of faith it is a trust that helps us to be invincible when it comes to the fiery darts that satan hurls at us in this life Faith is fourthly, T, a trust that is total or totally independent of earthly circumstances. The T stands for total, a trust that is total or totally independent of earthly circumstances. Turn to me to Philippians chapter 1, please. Philippians chapter 1. A trust that is totally independent of earthly circumstances. Remember when we talked this morning about the thief on the cross? We talked about the thief that did not come around, only had eyes on his own pain. You remember that? We talked about that. Get get us if you're the Christ, come down from there and save us too, was the idea from Luke 23. His eyes were only on his own pain, even though it was self-inflicted. I mean, after all, he was a robber. And then by contrast, you've got the other robber that's going through the same pain, spiked to a cross, but instead of keeping his eyes necessarily on his earthly circumstances, he took time to regard and to truly see and look at who Jesus Christ was. Jesus promised him this day you will be with me in paradise. You know why? Because he diligently sought, even above his own earthly circumstances. He trusted that Jesus, even though Jesus was on a cross there between the two robbers, he trusted that Jesus was going to still come into his kingdom. He said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, truly I say to you this day, you will be with me in paradise. That takes trust, doesn't it? I mean, total, unflinching, despite his earthly circumstances. Philippians 1, we see the same thing beginning in verse 19 where the Apostle Paul writes the Church of Christ in Philippi in the first century. He says, I know this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness as always. So now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Where was Paul's eyesight? was not on his earthly circumstances. He, his trust in God was more total than his vision on his earth. He said, either way, I win. In Romans 14, verses 7 and 8, the apostle Paul had written to the church of Christ in first century Rome. He said, for none of us lives to himself and no one dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die we die to the lord therefore whether we live or die we are the lord's his faith in god was t total totally independent of his earthly circumstances and again i mentioned this morning that that sometimes people come to the church and like that one thief that only had his eyes on his own circumstances they'll come and and they'll study and and they're trying to find some answers not to their spiritual eternity but you know a mess they've made somewhere in their lives and and think that by coming for two or three weeks or two or three months that that somehow god will just go zap and just make everything all of a sudden okay that seems to be the idea because when it doesn't quite work out that way they're gone again They were here three months or whatever the case was they've gone back off into the world looking for something that will just fix their immediate circumstances because god didn't do it in the three months that they showed up and tried to learn a little bit about him but this is a different story this is no matter what i go through i'm going to totally trust god and faith is fifth and finally a trust that is h happy now, as Matt often says, I don't mean running around with a foolish grin on my face all the time. It's not what I'm talking about. Let me put it in the reverse. A faith that is always gloomy is not a faith in God Almighty. Rather than explaining what it is, let me explain what it isn't. A faith that is always gloomy, always negative, always, you know, oh my, the sky is falling. That's not a faith in Almighty God who operates above the sky. That's what I'm saying. It is a faith that is happy or content to trust God. That is the H. We would see this in the same book of Philippians. Very familiar passage. But again, please go there to chapter 4. Look in verse 11. Paul said, Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am, To be content. I can be content. I know content and happy aren't exactly the same thing, but he had this this contentedness, this happiness, this, call it peace, if you will, call it what you will. But he said, you know what? It doesn't matter what my earthly circumstances are. He said, next verse, I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. I know what it's like to be in the ditch and I know what it's like to be up on the hill. He says, "Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry." He said, "My belly's hungry. I'm still content. If my belly is full, I can't move like maybe some of us after the get together last night." Uh, uh, he said, "Good food, by the way." He said, "You know, I'm still content." To be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When you get somebody whose faith is happy or content with their relationship with God, with grace, and and everything that they have as a Christian, that's what having faith is all about. Does God want us to be a joyous people? Jesus said the night before he went to the cross, he told his disciples, he said, my joy I give to you. The night before he went to the cross, he wanted them to be joyful, happy, contented. Not not let all the storms of life just completely overwhelm them and drive them down. Because if they let all the storms of life overwhelm them and drive them down, what kind of a faith in God is that? What kind of a faith is that in the God that we say operates above all of that stuff? Do you see how that works? I know we all have bad days. I have bad days. You have bad days. I understand that. And sometimes life can be very challenging, and we go through difficult things. But if we have a faith, like we're describing here tonight, we can find peace and contentment, happiness, if you will, in knowing that our God has the answers. And at the end of this tunnel, God's waiting for us. That's what faith is. In 2 Corinthians, let me give you one more real quick here. In 2 Corinthians, if you turn there, chapter 12, again, a very familiar passage. But once again, it proves that the H in faith, at least for the sake of our sermon tonight, that the H in faith stands for happy no matter what we're going through. In in, um, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning at verse 8, Paul's thorn in the flesh, he says, concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Paul said, I want this thing out of my life that's causing me misery. I want this thorn in the flesh, this irritating, aggravating, painful, little pain in the neck. I want it gone. He said, i I, I pled with God three times that this would go away. God, get, get rid of this he said but god's answer to me was my grace is sufficient my strength is made perfect in weakness then look what he says middle of verse 9 therefore most gladly gladly most happily most gladly most joyfully put whatever word in there you want gladly is a happy joyful term Most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure. He said, I like this. (laughs) There's a really dumb commercial on TV. Well, there's more, there's a whole bunch of them, but the one that comes on for against cable, if you like cable, it's like liking wet grocery bags and overstuffed trains. How many have seen that? We have cable, by the way, but I still have to laugh, even though they're making fun of me. It's just a comical commercial. But these people are all, one thing, it works with the sermon. These people are all happy in these horrible situations, right? The grocery bags break. It's like, yes, I'm so happy. What I want for us to understand, and maybe next time you see that commercial, think about it. God wants us to be glad even when the bottom falls out god explains here or paul explains to us by divine inspiration he says most gladly i will rather boast in my infirmities i will i will be taking pleasure in infirmities reproaches needs persecutions and distresses for christ's sake for when i am weak then i am strong god's power is made perfect in weakness when we go through those tough times and we keep our faith and it's all that God wants for it to be we show God's power and strength to the rest of the world that would crumple under that same pressure so tonight I have a couple questions is your faith truly full Active, invincible, total, and happy? Is it? Such biblical faith as we have discussed is well summed up in our closing text of Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6, wherein it says, Let your conduct be without covetousness, be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Isn't that a beautiful promise? Sometimes it gets dark. Sometimes the storms come. Sometimes the bottom falls out. Sometimes life hurts. But God himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Is God there with us if we are diligently seeking Him even when we can't see what He's doing? Is He still there? That's what faith is. That's what faith says. That's what faith does. And when we act and do what God told us to do, even when it makes no sense, folks, it made no sense in the Old Testament. It made no sense whatsoever. To tell a people to march around a city for seven days and do certain things and blow on a horn and a wall would fall down. That makes absolutely no sense. But you know what? It doesn't need to make sense. Faith takes God at his word and does what God says and God takes it from there. That's faith. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, I love this. We may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? is that a beautiful passage? That's what faith is. Full, active, invincible, total, and happy. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6. If you're here tonight... And I'm going to do this in the reverse of the way we typically do it. If you're here tonight... And you're a Christian, because the vast majority of us are. Is your faith lacking any of those things? Think, take a minute and think about it. Don't just think, oh, he's done early. We can get out and think about it. Is your faith truly all of those things? Because that's what faith is. Are you happy tonight? Are you contented? Is your trust in God total? Is it full? Have you slipped up somewhere and you wonder maybe about the love of God or the grace of God or you need His forgiveness or or any of those types of things. If you need, you need your faith strengthened. And we're going to give an invitation here in just a moment and we'd love to pray with you. If you want to sit down and study, if you want to sit down and talk about Scripture or struggle or something that you're having, If we can help you to have a stronger faith in any of those five areas or if you're somebody who's never obeyed the gospel and became a Christian, you need to do that because when God says this is what you need to do, if we truly have faith, then that's what we're going to do. By faith, Noah built an ark. By faith, Abraham went. By faith, you know Hebrews 11. And by faith, when God says this is how you're saved, that's how you need to do it or you don't have faith in God. It's really not rocket science. If it was, I wouldn't be doing it. If you have a need, we you please come to the front as we stand and sing?